something you got you on the afternoon drive. There's no question about that. And letting you know it's 34 minutes after the hour, 3 o'clock within the Twin Cities. And every other Tuesday in the afternoon, we lock it in and make it happen when we talk about little moments count. Now, there's a young man by the name of Mr. Andre Dukes, and uh, we're going to talk to him for a little bit and find out exactly what's going down when it takes place when we're talking little moments count. But letting you know that this episode of this afternoon's drive is presented by in partnership with Little Moments Count. Little Moments Count is a statewide collaborative focusing on helping parents and caregivers learn about the importance of the brain development in the first three years of life when it comes to the little youngsters. All right. Now we're talking about nearly 80 percent of the brain growth happens in the first thousand days. And we're talking about that 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 quick short moment of uh, when they get the opportunity to uh, to talk, to play, to read, to sing, all of those interactions when it comes to that brain and that early side. And if you like more information, you can visit littlemomentscount.org. And so uh, let me say good afternoon, good afternoon to Mr. Andre Dukes. How you feeling, sir? Good afternoon, sir. It is good to hear your voice and good to be alive today. Man, no doubt about it. This weather has gone and made changes, but we expect some of this in the Midwest. But if you look on a global perspective, oh, man, it's it's quite crazy. It is definitely quite crazy. Yes, sir. Well, I spent the last uh, week in Senegal, Africa. So coming back to this weather was a bit of a transition, but um, definitely had some beautiful weather in Senegal. Yeah, well, since you mentioned the word Senegal, just give us just a little bit of insight when it comes to uh, going and participating in, uh, you know, what was happening over that way and with your team itself when it comes to the communities that you visited over that way. What was going down? What's happening? Yes, sir. Well, we were in Senegal as part of Project Safety Nets, which was actually started by Ann Dillard, who um, is a former uh, Northsider who is now in Atlanta. But um, the focus of Project Safety Nets was initially to address malaria there in Senegal and bring um, mosquito bed nets so that, you know, folks um, would not, you know, contract malaria and could sleep at night. Um, But it has now expanded to include three areas, one business, another education and medical support. So the goal is really to assist six communities in sustainability projects, meaning, you know, giving them like micro grants and things that will help them start businesses, build hen homes so that they can generate income and um, really have ways to sustain themselves. So we serve people living uh, with leprosy, women who are learning to start businesses. Um, we support a medical center, a Fulani village, and also two schools who all, with limited resources, are achieving great success and expansion um, just across the board. Okay, okay. Now talk to us a little bit about when it comes to the uh, education system over there and when it comes to the growth of the youngsters when when you're talking about children and growing and doing and academically. Yeah, so what I'm learning is that um, Senegal was colonized by the French but gained their independence in 1960. So the education system is built on a French model where children start elementary school at seven years old and are taught on a 10-year education plan, so much different than how we function. Um, And then it focuses on reading, writing, French language, and uh, most schools include Islamic studies as it's a mostly Muslim country. 
but uh, students then moved to upper secondary education, which we would refer to as high school, but um, they don't, you know, graduate out of high school. They graduate out of elementary into high school or their, you know, upper secondary education. And then beyond that, um, you know, they go on to upper, you know, education, but usually they have to either leave the country to um, achieve that post-secondary education. But, um, you know, there's a lot of challenges to receiving an education from under-resourced schools to transportation and access. But children, I've learned, are eager to learn, and that's really what stood out to me. They have about a 77% graduation rate from elementary to upper-secondary education. And the school that we support has become the number one school in their region and have doubled their enrollment in the last year from about 300 students to almost 600 students now. Um, and, you know, that they also want to expand their school and add a preschool component. So they're really seeing preschool as an essential part of the education experience for children and trying to build that out there. Yeah, because you just broke down my next question when, it, when we're talking about succeeding in school and then also besides that, being prepared for what's coming around the corner when it comes to the educational side for the youngsters. But even extending in, in just that question itself, but uh, uh, when it comes to reading to your child, why is it more important to do that to make it later on in life more successful? Absolutely. So reading is fundamental. I mean, um, children cannot success to not be successful academically if they are unable to read and comprehend the material. Uh, we also know that reading helps to build cognition. So a child's ability to process information uh, is promoted through reading. When children have a strong vocabulary and cognition, they perform better in other subjects. So reading sets children up for improved outcomes in school and ultimately um, outcomes in life. And so the more that we can read to our children, we're helping them to build vocabulary. We're also helping them to become more creative, to build that, those cognitive processes so that they can be uh, successful in all of the subjects that they will uh, go through in school. Now, when we talk about, you know, the learning process and that whole aspect of it, now we're talking about parents and we're talking about caregivers are part of uh, that straight streamline of making sure that things happen. What are some of the uh, uh, particular tips that you may have that you would uh, express to the listening audience of how to do some things in order to make some things better? Yeah, so I encourage parents to not only focus on books, but read labels while cooking, um, signs while driving. I mean, we drive down the street and there's many signs and billboards that we can point our children to and read them. Uh, but also playing games and reading the instructions, I think, are ways that uh, we can help our children um, increase their vocabulary and just learn sentence structure and sight words and all those kinds of things. But um, there's many opportunities to read in our environment. And when reading books, we ask parents to use the CARE strategy, which is really an acronym for using descriptive commenting, asking open-ended questions, uh, responding to your child with comments and expanding on those comments. Uh, so, for instance, um, you know, you might say Johnny runs fast. Well, 
Yes, Johnny is a fast runner, and he probably has strong legs, too. What do you think is a way that we might respond to our children and then expand on what they say um, as a way to enhance that reading experience and, you know, make, get, get them involved in the story? So getting them involved in the story helps with comprehension. They can better understand it when they can relate the story and what they are reading as well. So there's ways to, you know, increase you know, the, the um, fun, but also enhance the curiosity that children have when reading books and hearing stories. Now, when it comes to, to you directly and yourself, and think about this for a short second, it's uh, mm-hmm. um, like, have you ever been to Senegal before, number one? But then even beyond mm-hmm. that, what did you learn self about self while taking this particular trip? <laughs> That's a good question. Um, so this is my second year um, going on this particular trip to Senegal. And, you know, one of the things that I've really been concerned about in America is the loss of humanity. And, you know, going over there this time um, and really sitting in a space with people that look like me, that are all working together, that have limited resources but respect and honor each other, and do what they have to do to to make it in life. Um, it really restored for me personally a sense of humanity. Um, when you look at fifty percent of the population being impoverished, but yet you know homelessness is not a huge issue there because everyone you know takes care of themselves. Family lives together. They will build compounds for the entire family. Uh, we had an opportunity to sit down with the elders there and learn about manhood. And, you know, one of the things that they really emphasize is, you know, this respect for parents and elders that is really taught from an early childhood um, perspective that, you know, this is the way we, you know, associate with each other and we respect each other in our culture. Um, you know, they they learn, they speak Wolof, which, which is their original language, but they also learn French and some, you know, uh, know Arabic. And so they're learning multiple languages. And you just, just to see how they are being able to build their community and um, grow as a society, all working together, um, is just inspiring and just restores your sense of humanity. So when we're looking at the process of learning, not just as for the youngsters, but it's for the older people as well. And I'm speaking of yourself, myself, and just life within itself, because every time you make a move, it's a new change and it's a new experience. And it sounds to me like you had a great time over there, but it was a lot of work. But at the same time, you have the space that you're in. Absolutely. It was life changing. And I encourage everyone, if you have an opportunity to go anywhere um, in Africa, you need to go and to reconnect with our roots. Ladies and gentlemen, once again, that's Mr. Andre Dukes and talking about it and letting you know and preparing our youngsters when it comes to the children and succeeding in school and just life within itself. And that 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 306, what is it, um, the first thousand days or how does yes. that work? Talk to me. How does yep. That so the first 1,000 days, you know, represent our greatest opportunity to set children up for life success. Every interaction counts. There's 700 neurons, uh, neuron connections in the brain per second. And so every interaction counts and we can literally wire our children for success.
No doubt. Well, I want to say thank you very much and thank you for the opportunity. And it's always a blessing to talk to you as well. Likewise, Q-Bear. Thank you so much. Have a great day. No doubt. You do the same. It's FM 89.9 KMOJ. No doubt about it. And if you'd like to hear a recording of the show, what I need y'all to do is to go to littlemomentscount.org backslash podcast. Now, you can lock it in there. And also, if you'd like to learn more about it, it's Little Moments Count. You can visit the website, and that's littlemomentscount.org. So you got two ways that you can also lock in and check it out. Besides that, every other week, you can lock in here at J Radio on a Tuesday at about uh, 3.30, and we definitely got you. Again, that's my man, Mr. Andre Dukes, and not just globally, but even locally, it's, that's a bad dude. It's FM 89.9 KMOJ. On KMOJ is supported in part by the following underwriters. Yes, sir. Comedy tour at the Orpheum Theater. 